Okay. Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women with Gemma Serenity. Today we are welcoming Cheryl Bratton. She is a best-selling author of Your Epic Encore, mindset coach, an aerialist. She is an international speaker, TV host and producer, founder of a seven times award-winning Mind and Body Bootcamp, and co-founder of a wellness company. As a mindset coach, Cheryl's expertise lies in teaching people how to dissolve mental blocks and rewrite their story so that they can create one heck of a epic encore. Cheryl's drive to help others comes from facing unimaginable challenges, as well as multiple abusive relationships throughout her life. And while she was on TV shows, magazine covers, and standing on stage inspiring others, for many years, she was mentally and physically abused behind closed doors. Cheryl has reinvented her life many times over. At the age of 41, Cheryl was diagnosed with advanced arthritis and told she needed both knees replaced. She said no to surgery, changed her food intake, and took up one of the most challenging sports, aerial arts. Cheryl now trains, teaches, and performs as high as 140 feet over lakes, swimming pools, between mountain peaks and over stages, and more. She can do things in her 50s that she could not imagine doing in her 20s, including the splits. At age 50, Cheryl was hit with two life-altering challenges. She was let go from a company she helped build for 10 years, and a few months later, broke up with her long-term boyfriend. After going through a deep slump, Cheryl went on a three years mission to study with the best mentors and leaders today. Her life transformed so much. She wrote a book about starting over called Your Epic Encore. It's never too late. Created two new companies and attracted the man of her dreams. Cheryl is a living proof that it's never too late to have your epic encore and loves sharing this message through interviews, speaking to groups on TV shows and from the stage. Welcome Cheryl, imagine the crowd cheering you up because you are so amazing. Thank, Thank you, you for so being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you. I'm not going to ask you to put a five minutes over 53 plus years of experience, but maybe to choose a few highlights that you may want to share with us about your life. What sure. has happened? You said abusive relationships. We are in the real talk, real woman, breaking the silence around abuse. Bring it on. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to share my story. And if only I had access to podcasts years ago when I was going through this scenario and probably the same for yourself. Um, so I was in my 30s and I was the commander of a mind and body fitness boot camp. And so that meant I was the leader. 
And each day I would get up in the morning, I would get up at like 345 and I would arrive to the boot camp. It was outdoors and I would be inspiring them. I would give them, uh, I had a life coaching course that I put each person through. I talked to them about health and nutrition. And then I led them through these workouts. And every morning when I would arrive, I'd get them all motivated, get them all pumped up. Like, here's what we're going to do today. And I'd give them a quote for the day. And, and this is what we're going to work on. But little did they know after each workout, when I would go back home, I was being abused behind closed doors. So, and the irony of it is the person that was abusing me was in the self-help field. So for those who are listening, I totally understand there may be moments in your life where on the outside, you pretend like everything's great, but behind closed doors, things are not wonderful and you don't know how to break free. You don't know what to do. And um, like you said, it's kind of hard to condense my story down to five minutes. But... Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not realistic to ask that. Yes. Actually. <laughs> yes. Um, so what I will share is that um, he started off charismatic. He started off to being this wonderful man uh, out in public. Uh, everyone thought he was just so much fun. He was the life of the party. And uh, this man could cook. He could clean. He was charismatic. Um, he would make these most wonderful drinks for us with all the little uh, umbrellas and the cherries and everything. <laughs> However, something so simple like us being out of cherries for the night would all of a sudden send him off. He would turn into a raging monster. And this is something that I went through for eight years. He would be wonderful. He'd uh, share gifts. He would buy me lavish gifts. And then in a split second, he could be calling me names, telling me I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm never going to get anywhere in life, and so on. So um, this went on, uh, and, and probably your viewers right about now are, are asking, well, why did you stay with him? Well, I stayed oh, with him. That's a question. <laughs> and I'm going to answer the same question. I'm yeah. going to answer to the audience who is asking, well, for the same reason you are staying. It, yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and I wanted to believe that he was going to get better because he would apologize. There would be days where he would he would say, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm working on this. I'm not going to do this again. And he'd be kind for a while. And then some other random thing would set him off and he'd turn into the screaming monster again. So um, the reason I stayed is because he had two wonderful boys and I had not had children. So these were like my kids to me and I helped raise them. I took them to school. I, I helped them with their homework. I did all the, the things that a mother would do. And when I could, I would pull them aside. And I, I was just there towards the end. I had to let them know this is not how you treat a woman. This is not how you treat your children. Cause not only was he abusing me, he was abusing his boys as well. So I stayed there because these boys needed something normal in their life. They needed um, a, a good role model. And I, I hung in there and I stayed with it as long as I could. But then uh, it got to a point and I talked to them and they became mature enough. After eight years, they were okay with, with us separating. And they saw it. They every day they saw what I was going through and they were going through it as well. So um, that was 
an eight year experience, I finally was able to get out of it. And I, I went through, um, you know, I was, I was hit with objects. I was hit with things. He busted my eardrum. Um, the, if you want more details on that, I can share that. Um, or we can circle back to that. But I eventually, I was able to get out of that relationship. And for those who are listening, you know, most of these abusive men are very narcissistic and it's all about them. And if you bring up what you are recognizing in their characters, like they're uh, like, if they have a character flaw, something you would love for them to work on, they're going to deny it. And he, he never admitted, like he, he could never say like, I've got a problem. It was always like, I, you know, it's okay. I'll get over this. I'm, I'm just going to work on this. It'll be okay tomorrow. And, um, so yeah, I just got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore. Now, um, again, for those who are listening, the narcissistic man may not let you go either. If you no. say to him, you want to go, um, he's probably gonna have a problem with that. And we were very well known in our community. And he was so worried about his reputation that I couldn't tell anyone what I was going through. It got to the point where uh, eventually I had to go to domestic violence and domestic violence out here is a center where you can go uh, and it will be confidential and you can sit down and get advice and counseling. And I'll, I'll never forget this day because um, I was well known in the community too. I was on magazine covers and uh, I had a, my local TV show and, and I ran this boot camp where everyone knew me in town. So I go in and uh, I sit down in this little meeting room in the begin in the in the front, and as I sit down, there's a collection of magazines, and I see this one magazine on top, and I'm like, no, no, this can't be happening, and it was me on the cover with two other ladies, so I had to flip the magazine over, and the woman I was speaking to, I like like change the subject really quick. And I luckily I did arrive with a hat and glasses and I used a fake name, but I had to divert her attention to not let her see what I just done. Like I just flipped over that magazine. Um, so this is the, a very defining moment that happened during this, um, this one of these meetings. So they had us sitting in a room and we all sat in a circle and, and the women that had been coming for, for weeks would tell the newbies, how they are getting through this life that they're living of being, you know, being abused all the time. And this one woman, I'll never forget this. This one woman in her seventies said, Hey ladies, I've got a tip for you. This is what I do every night. Now she's saying it with a positive attitude, but wait till you hear what, what she did every night because her husband would abuse her and threaten to kick her out of the house every single night, she would she'd take an extra large safety pin and take her keys to her car and she would pin it to her underwear so that he could not take her keys from her. Because every night he threatened to kick her out without anything, like you're leaving with the clothes on your back, get out of the house. So at least she would have a car to drive off in. And when I'm, I'm sitting there in my 30s and I'm thinking, how many years have you been putting out with this? And you're sitting here in this meeting and you're giving us a tip to like pin our key to our underwear. That's your solution. 
And I was like, no, I've got to get out of this. I've got to take steps to get out of it. So, so that was an inspiration for you, a real inspiration, like it's a, a, a shift moment. It was. You nailed it. Totally. Yeah. Because that has been suddenly the wake up call saying, hey, I'm 30, you are 70. If I'm going to continue, I'm going to finish up like you with a yes. my car key on my underwear. Yeah. Like, no. No. And, and you're right. In that moment, no, like, that has been your shift. It was. It was a major shift. And I, I knew from that moment, I was like, I am not going to be this 70 year old lady getting abused, hiding my key in my underwear. So uh, what I did is I slowly started taking baby steps. So anyone who's listening, who's like, I don't, I just, I can't get out. I've told him I want to get out of this relationship. He won't let me go um, or she won't let me go, whatever, you know. Yeah, it can be anything. Because it could be, it could be either way. Um, what I did is I got a storage unit and I started slowly but surely taking out small things out of the house that were really important to me. And I would start to put them in the storage unit. That way I started to feel a little bit of control and I didn't reveal, obviously I didn't reveal what I was doing. And so I did this over a few months. And then um, again, because I was well-known in the community and I couldn't tell anyone, I found one person that I knew I could trust, that I could tell just a little bit, just enough where they, once they heard the little bit, they were like, okay, I got to step up and I got to help you. I'm going to help you with this. And then once I trusted that person, I told one more because I just needed a little extra help. So little by little, I started to move my things out. Now, I want to talk to your audience about energy mm-hmm. and the vibration that we put mm-hmm. out. I'm very much into that. Mm-hmm. And so whatever we consistently think about is what we're going to keep attracting. So if we keep telling our, ourselves, I am never going to get out of this relationship. You don't He's see the never, way out. Yeah. Mm. You're, you're, you're putting that magnetic energy out there and it's going to boomerang back to you. So what I did in the, after seeing that lady in that meeting I started telling myself, I'm going to get out of this. And I started visualizing, I started seeing myself in a new environment. And mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily see myself with another uh, mate. I just saw myself getting out, getting out healthy, getting out without being abused, getting out alive and being happy and prospering. So I just kept doing that each day. And if we can make a mind movie, it's where you imagine and you get very descriptive. Um, your mind loves colors, it loves pictures, it loves uh, even cartoon images. And even smells, because you can imagine yes, the smells. Yes, yes, and touch, make yes. it as real as possible. So imagine um, the house you're going to live in. Imagine uh, sitting in your backyard and in a chair, drinking your morning coffee, and the breeze is going, and you've got smell of jasmine outside the door, and you're taking a big, deep breath in and exhaling knowing that you're never going to be abused again, that you can walk in that kitchen and you can have whatever food you want. You can go work out whenever you want. You can work on your computer, whatever you want. And you don't have someone barking in your ear telling you what you're doing wrong in life and what you should be. And you can call your girlfriends and stay two hours on the phone with them. It's okay. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. 
So I practiced this mind movie over and over and over again. And another tip I'll give your viewers is if you've got an, you'll know you have a narcissistic person when they're always right. And they're always telling you what you're doing wrong. And they always want to combat. They always are like projecting what's wrong with other people and what's wrong with you. And what I did is I stopped engaging. I stopped, um, I stopped talking back. I stopped fighting back. I just agreed. You're right. You're right. Or I didn't say anything. And little by little, it started to diffuse him. He stopped engaging and attacking me. Um, another thing uh, I did is I started to visualize. Now, here's how you can make your visualization and your mind movie work for them. So I knew he was not going to leave me alone until he was happy. And the only way for him to be happy is to find another girlfriend. So I used to visualize that he was going to meet someone. And week after week, month after month, I just kept seeing him being happy and going out on dates. And lo and behold, um, there would be there would be nights where he'd say, I'm going to go out and hang out with the boys. And he might have been hanging out with the boys or he might have been, you know, pursuing other women. I was cool with it because I was ready to exit like I wanted him to find someone. So lo and behold, he started coming home whistling. This is <laughs> excuse me. This was an angry, bitter man. And all of a sudden he's coming home each day whistling. That's when I thought, OK. He's found someone, he's met someone, he's happy now. And then shortly after he came to me and he said, you know what, I think it's best that we break up. I nearly fell out of my chair, <coughs> excuse me. And I, you know, inside uh, I was like going, whoo, yes, hallelujah, thank you God, thank you universe. But on the outside, I was just very calm and I said, you know, I, I think you're right. It's probably best that we go now, we go our separate ways. So that's how that relationship ended. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, okay, let me breathe. Uh-huh. That is actually the best way to go. Mm -hmm. You pray your partner away. Mm -hmm. It works. It does work. Yeah, <laughs> it works for you and it works for them. Oh, God. Yes. You pray yeah. your partner away. Yes. And and I know... Uh, in silence, you never tell him yes. that you do that. Yes, Full that's silence. right. In silence. In silence, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. So actually, for you, leaving this man has been an exercise in manifestation. Oh, yes. Big time. All throughout the suffering, because it's a serious, serious suffering to go through daily abuse. You know, when I was reading your bio and really reading like the behind closed doors, this to me gave me chills mm -hmm. of fear of memories. Yeah. Because, and funny enough, when I was 16 years old and I had my first boyfriend, when the door lock clicked, I was all aroused and all happy because it was just the beginning of um, mature life. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And, um, 
And then when I met the first um, narcissistic man and many more other mental illness that we discovered afterward, but narcissistic was one of them. Yes. Uh, with this one, when the door was closed, I learned to fear. Mm. And with the second one who was so abusive, I was, how to say that, petrified when I heard the lock of the door. I couldn't, I couldn't stop trembling and expecting the worst. And as you were saying, vibration brings in action. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I was expecting the worst and I was getting the worst. Yes. Not every day just to prove me wrong. But yeah, definitely way too often, yes. way too often. And yeah. then hiding the bruise and, and pretending it's okay. Or just saying, yeah, I just got a, I just got a hit. One day I was, I, I was so, so destroyed in, inside my jaw. And I went to the dentist because it was, it felt like infecting. And uh, so the dentist asked me, so what happens? Oh, I got a hit. You got what? Yeah, I got a hit. But what was that about? Oh, nothing. All good. And, and I really tried to diminish it so much that it was not even written in the records. Instead of saying it for the records so that then I can take out that paper more to say, hey, it was not one time. It was one, two, three, four, five, six times and more that has been recorded. But no, yeah. no, I have always like played it small, let the bruise pass yes. and did nothing for the inner wounds that do not pass unless you consciously heal them. Yes, yes. Right. I thank you for sharing that too to the listeners because it's it's like sitting in that room with the 70-year-old lady. It was hard for all of us to admit that we were being abused and we were walking into a room to sit down and talk about being abused instead of leaving. But it's it's always people will say, Well, why didn't you leave? It's easier for you to say that, but you're not in that environment. You don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like to be with someone who threatened your life if you do leave. And the fact that you, your dentist saw that and you had that moment that you could have said something, I know that does something to us psychologically because I've been there many times. <laughs> and I have a very similar story. We had come home from a cruise. And do you remember the fax machines back in the oh, day? Absolutely. So there was a, um, a letter on the fax machine. There was an event I was about to do. And on the fax machine uh, paper had the details of the event. My boyfriend did not like what it said. He took me and pinned me against the wall. Now, normally he would hit me with, um, and I guess this was his way of thinking he's not really hitting me. So he'd throw an object at me. Um, those long steering wheel locks. One time he jammed it in my side. Uh, he's taken a video camera and punched me in the stomach. So this particular day, he's got me pinned against the wall and he rears his fist back and he goes to hit me. I turn my head, he hits my ear and he busts my eardrum. I fell to the floor, my ears ringing, my head, I got a huge headache and I couldn't believe it, but he allowed me to go to the doctor. And again, we're in a small town. I was, I was shocked that he even let me go, but my intentions were just to go get my ear checked out. 
And um, I did like you did. The doctor said, what happened? And I said, oh, I fell and I hit a doorknob. And he was like, he looked at me with like, like that is the most ridiculous excuse ever. Like he didn't say it, but I could see it in his, in his face. He goes, I'm going to ask you again, how did you bust your eardrum? How did this happen? And I said, I fell. And he goes, I'm telling you, I'm not believing it. And we're going to sit here until I get the answer. And he, he knew he could pick up on it. And then the tears started flowing and I told him what happened. And this was shortly after the OJ trial here in Los Angeles. So that um, put into effect a new rule where any hint of domestic violence, um, the abuser goes to jail immediately without, you know, just immediately. So he says to me, okay, you've got two choices. I can either you stay here in the office, I'll send the cops to your house and they will arrest him there. Or you go home and then the cops come later and arrest you. So here and arrest you. Sorry, not arrest you, arrest him, thank you. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> arrest him. <laughs> that, and it seems that if he would have said like, and arrest you for <sighs> not arresting him, that would have been like the, the break of moments, you know? <laughs> thank you, thank you for clarifying that. I felt like I was arrested in that moment because in that moment, I had to make a split, split second decision. Am I, is this the moment? Is this the moment in all these years of being abused? Is, is, is the universe smiling down on me? Is this God saying, here's your opportunity. It's we're blowing the whistle. He's going to get found out. It's about time. You know, all the curtains are being pulled back this man's finally going to get, you know, this is going to be brought to the surface. Well, they did come to the house. He did, he did admit that he, he hit me, but he didn't give any details. So he went to jail. And when you go to jail, you know, you get your, your one phone call. Well, he calls me and he begs me to change my story. So all those moments, all those hours that he was in the jail, me and the boys were celebrating. We were like, this is it. He's going to be a changed man. He's going to change. I know after this, he's going to change because he's finally been caught. And guess what? I, they will never change. Yep. And it I changed a mental illness. It, it is. is not just a misbehaving eight years old child. It's a mental illness illness does not go away that way yep so I changed my story to the detective and um he got back out the next day and sure enough he went back to his old habits of course so um so to those listening speak up say something and back then I would have given anything to have had a um a cell phone that I could have hidden behind a, a teddy bear or a plant or something to record him yelling and screaming. But years ago, that wasn't available. So <laughs> I used to call my recorder and let my recorder pick up and I would leave this on the bed just and I would keep that in, in the event that eventually one day I could I could tell someone Um but I never did, but I would have loved to have had a video camera. So yeah. to those who are listening now, speak up, say something, do something. Do Someone. not wait in silence. Do not suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. And to a doctor is a good idea because yes. going to the doctor is a normal thing. Mm -hmm. 
and you are allowed to go to the doctor alone. Yes. And especially now with COVID and everything, they prefer to have the patient alone without nobody so that they can speak up if there is something to talk about, like domestic yes. violence or others. Yes, exactly. So there are options. Mm -hmm. But yes. at the end of the day, it's your call. Mm -hmm. It's your call. You know, I remember when I met Sasha, my, th my third last and wonderful dream husband um, the first thing I saw about him after we met was his banner on his Facebook profile and it was written standing up against violence against women and children and disabled people something like that and when I saw that I chuckled I, I laughed a little bit stopping from laughing myself because I was I knew I was victim of domestic violence at that time mm -hmm. And the reason why I laughed a little bit was to say, you are such naive. You believe you can help domestic violence. I'm in front of you. You cannot say unless I tell you, and I won't. Ah, oh, wow. What you just said is so deep. That's right. We cannot be helped unless we open up our mouth and speak this is why breaking the silence around yeah. abuse this is mm -hmm. why i do this podcast mm -hmm. this is why yes it's urgent it's important it's it's overdue it's it's beyond mm -hmm. now what to do find a way out it's not that easy things to do i know but find mm -hmm. a way out yes find a way to break pray your partner yeah. to find another victim that's awful yes. to say because that means another victim would be involved yes now i will say he did he did find another woman and i luckily she was she was stronger than i was she did not last in that relationship she broke up with him i found out through his voice she was much stronger than I, and hopefully she taught him a few things. Maybe she stood up to him and, and, and confronted him with some of his issues, but that is what usually happens. The victim, you know, there will be a new victim followed after, you know, another and another. Um, it is important for each of us to realize we are all here for a reason. We have a purpose in this on this earth, and it's not to be a doormat. It is not to be abused. It is not to be taken for granted. No one was meant to just to be stuck in a corner to just. So if you can dig deep inside and tell yourself, I'm here for a reason, I'm going to change lives. Now, that was another thing for those who are going through some really traumatic things. And I, I, I remember you saying the same thing. What's going to help you get out of an abusive relationship is you must stay focused on where you're going, what you want to see for your future. You're going to visualize it. But here's the twist. Think about the women or men that you are going to help in the future when you get out of that relationship. And now you can turn around and give advice like you and I are doing right now. Yes. Yes, imagine being in our place talking about that because it has happened 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 Totally.
Yeah. And so now there's so many resources to get advice, you know, on YouTube, there's podcasts like the one we're doing right now. There's domestic violence. There's everything is much more readily available. And now you can do it in private. You can put an app on your phone. You can get advice. You can watch some videos in private, whereas years ago, you'd have to go see a therapist, you know, in their office. So um, you can even have therapy by text message today. Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Um, One thing that has helped me now. So it's one thing when you immediately get out of the relationship, there's going to be some, you know, residue, so to speak, where you're still got these hurt feelings. And did I do the right thing? And, you know, am I going to attract another man like this? And so forth. Definitely. We all go through that. Guaranteed. Yeah. And the one, one of them, actually two things that have helped me. Well, I got to say three. (laughs) All right. It's forgiveness, it's gratitude, and it's meditation. And when we forgive, some, many times in life, it's hard to forgive that person that hurt you. But deep down inside, you've got to remember that hurt people will hurt people. So I know deep down inside that man that abused me, I know he was, he was abused as a child and that was what he knew. That's all he knew was to act out that way and it doesn't make it right, but I can forgive him. And I, uh, there's a technique that I learned, it's called the Demartini method and it's where you list the benefits and it sounds crazy. How could there be benefits in what I went through. But when you start listing the benefits of all the things that happened to you and how it made you stronger or the doors that it opened, like for example, if this, your former uh, husband had not abused you, you wouldn't met, you wouldn't have met your current mate. So that way, in the end, I wouldn't have been opened to Mm -hmm. such a goodness of a man. Mm-hmm. Because the only thing I was attracting and, and being used to was the abuse. Because yeah. I had the first five years relationship with abusive, then a little uh, break, and then another 10 years just to continue. And during the 10 years, after about another five years, I was there, huh, damn, it's the same story. Yes. We have just started over. If I leave, I'm going to attract exactly the same story, so I better break through now with Mm -hmm. that story making it work rather than just fleeing away yes yes yeah crazy and this this is how i stayed another year another year another year another year can we stop it Uh (laughs) (laughs) yes and we just have to remember that we do have the power like again i'll go back to we each and every one of us is here for a reason. Yes, we are. We are here for a reason. And it's and it's not to be uh, balled up in the corner of your bathroom, getting yelled at and screamed at, because I've been there. I've run to the bathroom, slammed the door, hid in the corner. And, and then he breaks, now. opens the door, yep. and he breaks you at the same time. And this is mm-hmm. how I was one of the time, completely bleeding in the, yes. sorry, in the bathroom. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's, it does. And um, so when you can start visualizing and you've got to do it a daily, you've got to do it daily and you've got to 
believe that it can happen. And when you do, you start resonating at a higher level. There's a vibration scale. And if we keep thinking negative thoughts, we stay down in fear, anger, and resentment, which yes. are lower on the vibration scale. Yes. So when we start having feeling, which it's hard to feel this way when you're not given a reason to feel this way, but you must see the future. You must see the future and believe it, even though you don't see it yet. And when we can get into the feeling, you must start feeling it first. And that's why meditation is so wonderful is close. You know, there's so many wonderful meditations on YouTube and, and podcasts and so forth, but close your eyes, get some good music, listen to a guided meditation, or just listen to music and tap into the feeling of what it's going to feel like to be that person you want to be. See yourself already out of that relationship. You can't see it in the future. You must tap into that feeling right now. Feel it as if it's already happening now. And the stronger you get that feeling to be, the more you are going to resonate and put out a different vibration. You'll be amazed at the doors that'll start opening, opportunities will start coming your way. You'll start having people engaging you in conversation that perhaps can help you with your situation. It's, it's just, uh, you must believe. You must believe and you must see it and feel it. Yeah. It is absolutely factually true. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. how it works. Yes. This yeah. is totally how it works. Yes. Every time, unknowingly of all these laws, this is what I did. And I just got all what I wanted in no time. In three weeks, it was done. It was like, how, 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 what did I do? I just, thought about it, dreamt about it, perceived it, felt it. It did happen like in a few weeks. Yes. And it was, and we were talking about like big change, like a new job, a new boyfriend, uh, a, 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 a trip, uh, uh, everything like major. Yes. And I did that in three weeks, it was done. And I decided I will go in that trip. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to go for three days. I will have that amount of money on me in cash in the, in the currency of that other country. Um, I will have my violin on my back and I will have found a permanent job when I go there. I love it. I got all of it in three weeks for real. Yes. I love it. It was just like that. If just only like that. you had gotten that focus years ago, but you didn't know. But once you make up your mind, you are living proof. I'm living proof. When you make up your mind and you put it out there and you see what it is that you want, this stuff works fast, mm -hmm. very fast. Yeah. And, 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 you, and you dismiss the current reality. You see it, mm -hmm. you leave it, but you dismiss it. It's like, no, this is not the truth. I mm -hmm. stay on what I choose. I'd say I stay focused on what I choose to experience. Mm -hmm. It yeah. is happening. I know. Yeah. And, and, and put yourself at it. Like, okay, I know. June 1st. Okay. December 31st. Okay. Yes. I'm so glad you said that. It's so mm -hmm. important to, to set a date because it, it, you, you're taking it seriously. Exactly. You're, you're, you're saying, okay, no more, no more whining and complaining. No more woe is me this is the day. This is the day I'm going to change my future. Yeah. Um, another thing I mentioned forgiveness a moment ago, 
it's not just forgiving that person mm. for what they did. You must forgive yourself. Mm. And it is okay if you've been in this relationship one, for two, me. three, four, five, ten years. For it's okay. It is okay if you've accepted this abuse over and over again. Give yourself forgiveness. There is something in a crazy, twisted way. There is something your your spirit, your soul came here to learn by being in that relationship. There is a reason you got into that relationship. You came here to learn something. So accept it, set that date and say, I've learned enough. Now I'm done learning. I'm going to take this knowledge. I'm going to go and now create a healthy relationship. And perhaps I'll even be one day, be a guest on a podcast and share my story and help inspire other women. Mm -hmm. And, um, that forgiveness is a very powerful tool because we can, we can beat ourselves up and say, Oh my gosh, what about all the time I wasted? Yeah, right. I could have done. I know. <laughs> I about that a lot. You can't think like that. You can't think every like time that. you think like that, you keep yourself in guilt, in self-blame. I, I grew even a bowl like a cactus bowl inside my throat it wasn't an, an energy an, an energy uh feeling mm. but it felt as if it was real and it felt gigantic and this was because of self-blame every time i was looking at something around me i was blaming myself because 25 years ago i made that decision that led to that today so it's my fault so each and the thing started with a little bowl and, and grew, grew, grew to a cactus bowl, like so painful. Imaginary, meaning that if you would, I, I, I went to the doctor to have it checked, he, he saw nothing. So it was all energetic, but so physically real to me. Yeah. And it was self-blame. Yes. And oh. when I realized that, I used not only the reasoning mind to reason myself out of that, but then I also used uh, emotional freedom techniques, the tapping solutions oh, yes. to tap me out of blame and accepting that I am enough, yes. I am okay, and I will never have it all absolutely all right. It's okay. And I didn't know the consequences of my act at the time I did my act. Yes. So I cannot be held responsible for all the consequences that I had no idea about. That's right. And when I released that, the ball dissolved itself and never came back. Oh, that's and that's pretty recent. It doesn't have, yes, it yeah. doesn't have to be during the time of the abuse. The abuse was 10 years ago. But, yeah. but the self-abuse can continue way longer than the actual abuse from others. Yes, yes. Um, you, you touched upon a very important uh, topic. We, especially in abusive relationships, we will take all this information, all this hurt and anger, and we will store it in our body. And it gets stored in different cells. So yours was trapped right here. Mine got trapped in my knees. I was in it, in it. Like you said, I didn't get my diagnosis when I was with him. I got my diagnosis uh, four years after we broke up that I had advanced arthritis. And uh, I'll make a long story short. Um, you can go read Louise Hay's book. Yes, uh, yes, yes. 
you can trauma. heal your mind or your body or your heart. Yes. Yeah. You can heal and, something. <laughs> yes. And she talks about how different emotions get stored in different parts of your body and arthritis. Um, usually typically people who have, uh, arthritis are those who feel like they can't speak. They can't say what it is that they want to say. They have trapped anger. They have trapped issues. And those were things that I was going through with this man. So that is why forgiveness is so important. You've got to forgive them and you've got to forgive yourself because if you've got anything going on in your body, I guarantee you it's from something you're thinking up here in your head that you keep mulling over again and again, you keep repeating it over and over. So you've got to dig deep inside, meditate, breathe, and, and just, just see your body healing and just keep saying, thank you for my healing. You can even touch that body part. Yes. Your yes. Keep saying, thank you for my healing. Thank you for exactly. my healing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Cheryl, for sharing so much wisdom. I really, really, truly love it. I think we are like way over time, but I don't care. <laughs> it's been so much fun. Yeah. I'm going to ask you three super short questions and yes. you answer whatever you want, whatever you have on your heart. All right. Let's take money, love, and time. Uh, All right. Money, love, and time. What is one big struggle you experience with money mm. one big struggle with money is feeling like i that's a good one you're gonna get me stumped here <laughs> um wanting enough to retire making sure i have enough to retire yeah so mentally, that's on my mind a lot because now I'm 54. Yes. <laughs> so it's in it's at the back of my mind. I'm every every move I make, I'm like, ah, oh, am I able to save? So I gotta save. I gotta save for the future. All yeah. right. Yeah. So money so is money. all about savings, retirement. Do you remember about what age you started to think that way? Uh, turned 50 what? or oh, yeah. 50. When I hit 50. Okay, so 50 was the eek. Okay, so the next part is going to be retirement at some point so do I have enough and and when you think about enough do you think about having like 10 20 years in advance or you think about what um I'm I'm visualizing the kind of life I want to have when I retire and will there be enough money but you know I just spoke about putting it into existence so I I, I try to get in the habit of saying there will be plenty There'll be plenty of money, whether it's in stocks, bonds, Bitcoin, if it's in a real estate or whatever. And no matter how crazy the world is going, <laughs> there will be enough. There will always be enough. And that's one that all of us need to remember. There are yes. all, always enough. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because the and universe is lush. Yes. Naturally lush. Provide. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Money, love. What do you, I know you have met the man of, of your dream. If you think about love in a wider perspective, what is, what do you most wishes about relationships? Hmm, most wishes. Um, I would say more time. 
I met this man and I know you're, you're about to tell me about time, but I wish, yeah. I, had, I wish I had met this man years ago, not when I'm 50, but I still have so many more years. I wish I had met him younger, like, um, perhaps younger as in, um, um, in the forties or thirties so that I could have a baby with him. Now oh. it's probably a little crazy, yeah. but as far as relationship or ships or the relationship with him, I would say more time, more time. Okay. With him. Yeah. Okay. So if we talk about time, it would be more time for love, more time for love. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And that's the, that's our most precious commodity. You, you can money comes and goes things come and go possessions come and go but time we can't just get it back go. <laughs> it just goes we can't get it back <laughs> we can take pictures and look back at the things we've done but it's gone like you can't get that time back yeah no. but you can congratulate and feel good do you know what i discovered about time what's that we have angels all around us in all kinds of other dimensions that look for our highest well-being. There is an angel of time. This angel is responsible because time in essence does not exist. Right. Time is not a thing. Right. Time is a perception and accounting, a tracking system we have put to figure out and to talk all the same language. Here on Earth, because time on Mars and time on Venus is not the same things as time on Earth, first of all, and on, on Moon as well. Uh -huh. So time is just a, a perception, an idea. It does not exist. However, there is an angel of time. When you ask the angel of time and you talk to the angel of time by addressing, okay, angel of time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe one day he will tell you his name or her name. Extend the time so that I can do everything I desire. Oh, I love that. You know what happened when I did that? That uh -huh. was so funny. I had to gather all my paperwork and last uh -huh. tax returns and something to really get a grant or something. I, I was like really, really like all worked up about that. And I had to be there by, by 3 p.m. And I was trying to figure it out and some pages were missing. So you, you can really hear the, the, the working up of the, of the yeah. stress of the situation. And I had to print out the missing paper and I couldn't. And then I print out the whole thing that took enough, a half hour because oh, it was okay. a very slow printer. And during <laughs> all that time, my husband was patiently waiting in the car, wondering where I was and why I was not oh. still there. So you can imagine the, the amount of stress. And then I stopped and I say, angel of time, make it all work out because mm -hmm. I just cannot on my own. I have this 3 p.m. appointment. Get me on time there. Get me the paperwork. Get me this grant. Make it work. Yes, I love that. I took not all the paper, but all that I was able to take. Yeah. So I knew some half of the paper was missing, but I mean, I took what I had. And I said, we have to go, it's 2.30, we need half an hour to get there, let's go there. Yeah. But in LA, in Los Angeles, half an hour becomes easily 45 minutes, if not one hour, if not more, because LA traffic. Mm -hmm. We arrive at 3.15. Oh, wow. 
And when I arrived, I just finished to open my phone. I say, okay, so what was the suite? Hopefully they take us in. Sure, your appointment is at 3.30. <gasps> no. Okay. Meaning that we are not 15 minutes late. We are 15 minutes early, actually. Thank you, Angel of Time. How did you do that? 3.30. Oh, yeah, 3.30. Oh, hey, awesome. thank you first. And then I went in to get this grant, and it was a COVID-19 grant. Mm -hmm. And um, they told me, okay, so you have your tax returns? I have last year, but the year before I have only half. Well, anyway, here yeah. is what I have. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let me go through. Yeah, sure. Here is the grant. What? Wow. What? what? Did it wow. work out that easy? Yeah. yeah. All right, I'm not going to complain. Thank yeah. you. I came back to my husband with a grant in a little card, like David card. We got it. Thank you. What can yeah. I say? And then I told him again about the angel of time. <laughs> I just asked the angel of time to make it work. Did he look at you like you're oh god. <laughs> oh god. It was like actually. I worked myself up to the standard I thought I had to reach, mm. but actually it was okay the way it was. Yes. Why do we put ourselves so much pressure? Yes. Why do we do that? It's a great, it's a great story. I'll never forget that. And it, and it proves the power of putting it out there, putting it out there to the universe, asking for what you want. But I love that you're calling it the angel of time. It's so it's so perfect because <laughs> we all need more time. Yes, we I do. Need, yeah, we as, as the angel. And the other things I have decided ten years ago, even more, twelve years ago, I have decided I'm going to live healthily, plentifully, gorgeously, completely wealthy until the age of 130 years old. Yes. Some people, when they hear that, they are like, oh, God, not me. No, uh -huh. no, 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 no. Yes. I don't want that. I say, I'm oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I do want that. Mm -hmm. And I do choose that. So, angel of time, make me live until 130 years old, healthily, in full capacity, wealthy, happy, in love, and gorgeous, beautiful. I don't, I don't care how many wrinkles, but gorgeous, beautiful, radiant. Yes. And I know we can. Yes. And that is believing. And you're putting it out there. And so your, your body, just like we talked about the Lu Louise Hay book, yes. instead of you thinking negatively and harboring that in your body, you are thinking positively. So you're training your cells. We do that with meditation. Yes. We can train our body to stay healthy. Yes. So you're saying, okay, body, we're, in, we're here for the long haul. We're going to be here till we're 130. And you were like, when you just said that you're singing my song, I usually say, I want to live to 120. My friends think I'm crazy too. I want to be the crazy lady that's hanging from the ceiling, doing all the circuit stuff and doing the splits, you know, until I'm 120. And I have friends that go, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm like, okay, I choose to be healthy. I choose to be here for a long time. And, and it can happen. Yes. And we are a product of our thoughts. Yes. And it, we it's are. whether it's, we want a healthier body or we want to get out of an abusive relationship. We want a better relationship. We are a product of our thoughts. Mm -hmm. You've given so many examples. I've given examples today. 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. I love our conversation. I was so happy. I found you on Deb Morgan, the real relationship show. This is how I found you. I mean, yeah. this is a gift. Sharing um, our story is a gift. Yeah. Yes, it is. And thank wow. you so much for reaching out to me. I love your story just as much as, as you like mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's gorgeous. More of uh, us, more of us need to have conversations like this. So yes, more women, do. more men can hear this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right, Cheryl. Thank you so so much for having come over. Thank and, you so uh, much. I believe you're in LA. What's that? I believe you live in LA. Yes, I live in Los Angeles. Yeah, we should meet up sometime. We should meet up. I mean, we yes. have so many people from so places. We're going to meet up. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> let's do. Let's do, for sure. Conscious. Thank yeah. you. Bye-bye for now. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me as a guest. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.